And that's what we've been learning in our series, Eureka. What have we been discovering? That you know, we really are blessed. We are. And if you remember last week, I threw up that um, internet website. I hope maybe you checked out globalrichlist.com. And you saw my salaries. I plugged it in last week. And it would be interesting for you to discover what would, where you would fit globally in terms of, of uh, 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 how God has blessed you. And we talked about that even a couple of weeks ago in Psalm chapter 67 that God says, you know, I want you to ask. Ask me to bless you and, and, and bless you in tangible ways, not so that you can hoard it and be selfish, but so that God will use you as a conduit as a pipeline to bless others. God wants to bless the world through you. God said to Abraham, through you, all nations will be blessed. And his descendant, Jesus, came. And through what he did on the cross and the resurrection, bringing together a new people, a multinational, multi-ethnic Global people, now Jesus' presence is through his church, his people. If we want to know, where is Jesus today? Look at his church. Look at his body. Look at what he is doing through, through the redeemed. And, and that's why uh, Mike McElyea asked you all last week on your contact cards to, to indicate you know, where God is serving through you in terms of ministry outside these walls, and you turn those cards in, and I just want to take just a, a moment just to share, uh, kind of answer the question, okay, where we serve. Did you know that we have servants uh, on, a, on a weekly or a monthly or quarterly basis regularly serving in the following ministries uh, here in, in, our, in our community and beyond? Uh, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Salt and Light, um, uh, there's a ministry called Apples of Gold Meals. Uh, did you know we have servants at, at uh, Pregnancy Resource Center? We have servants at Judah Christian, Restoration Urban Ministries, Compassion International. Do you know that we have servants serving at Salt Creek Resource Center? That's a, a food and clothing resource center in uh, Farmer City. Habitat for Humanity, uh, Empty Tomb. Do you know we have uh, servants uh, serving a mentoring ministry at Mission 180. There's Danville Rescue Mission. And then there's Youth with the Mission. There's a uh, ministry called Food for the Hungry. And we have servants with Campus Crusade, Youth for Christ, Teen, uh, parent, teen, teen parent Outreach. We have servants from our church serving at Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Did you know we have servants from our church on a regular basis serving at the Francis Nelson Health Center in Monticello uh, with the Peace Meals and the Christian Academy there, Champaign County uh, Christian Health Clinic, Christian Mercy and Justice Association. There's a ministry called uh, Camp Good Hope where our servants from this church are, are serving. There's a ministry called Empty Arms, which is a ministry to parents who have lost uh, uh, children. A, a pregnancy resource center, we have servants from our church serving there. Even in, in Sullivan, at the Angel Food Ministry, Right to Life in Champaign County, County. Uh, um, there's a ministry called Upward Basketball where a servant from our church is, is making a difference there. I mean, dozens of ministries that just encouraged me when uh, I heard about all of the places where Christ is serving through you. And I haven't even mentioned some of the destinations or locations where, you know, I guess you wouldn't call them 
you know, 501c3 tax organization, parachurch ministries, but there is service nonetheless. I'm thinking of drug court. Um, I'm thinking of we have uh, sponsors from our church with Alcoholics Anonymous, making a difference. I had someone say to me, Randy, um, they wrote on their card, Randy, I mean, this is not a particular ministry per se, but uh, I mean, you know, if it counts, I mean, I, I bathe an elderly person once a week. And, you know, they wouldn't have anybody else to help them otherwise. You know, is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. And uh, um, someone told me uh, after a church first service that uh, right now, uh, right now they're on a trip with a, a mission called Northwest Haiti, uh, Northwest Haiti Christian Mission. And they're gone this week and they'll be back uh, just this uh, next uh, Saturday night late. And so... It's just encouraging to hear what God is doing. And I haven't even mentioned that which goes on inside the walls of uh, this particular facility on, on, a, on a Sunday morning. I mean, you know, the communion cups don't get filled on their own. And you know, we uh, have this wonderful foyer for fellowship area, and, um, and there's warm beverages. The coffee doesn't, you know, fix itself. And... And there are servants right now serving God and serving us by the tender shepherding care that they give our children. I mean, this goes on and on and on. And so, so when I think about the verses that we're studying this month in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17, 18, and 19, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to tell Christians in the city of Ephesus, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. And then, Paul says, command them to to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. That verse, the verse we're going to look at this morning. 1 Timothy 6, 18. When I read those verses in the New Testament, if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. It's on page 841. When I read those verses... Um, and this pastor is affirmed by what you all are doing. And, and you encourage me and sharpen me. Um, um, and I want you, you help sharpen me as a leader because when I hear about all that's going on here, it makes me just want to serve all the harder and, and all the more um, because, because of the leadership responsibility that, that, that I've been granted and so but what I want to do is you know and I wish I would have thought about this ahead of time I don't know how I would have had time to do it in just this one week but uh, what I'd like to do is take all of those places and all of you who put anything down on the card and you know kind of interview you one at a time and, and ask the question that may be in all of your minds that maybe we just haven't thought to ask and the question is this with our busy lives, how do you find time to do all that? How do you find time to serve 
one another in love. I mean, we're busy. We're busy people. And so how do we make that happen? And I wonder about that question. And I think about what would happen in my mind if I just talked with each of you individually and compiled all your answers and kind of boiled it down to this coffee stain at the bottom of the cup. What would that be? What would that look like? You know, what would the answer be? And I, I thought about that. I think I know what the answer is. I don't want to presume too much, but I think, you know, how do you find time? What would you say? Here's what I think, I think as a group, here's what I think we would say. I think you would look me in the eye and say, well, Randy, we're rich. We're rich. And rich people, you know, just have more, have more time. I, I really, I know really, I know you say, no, they wouldn't. Wait a minute, just listen, hear me out here for a minute, okay? Hear me out. Rich people, I mean, if you were rich in Paul's day, command those who are rich in this present world, what would that mean? Well, that'd mean you'd probably have servants, and those servants would kind of take care of business around the house or the estate, so that then those who were rich could take that margin and just do what they wanted. Well, you know, we have technology today, so, you know, I can walk right out those glass doors and I can walk over to that coffee maker and I can pull that red knob and I can get a cup of hot water. I don't have to haul down a tree, chop it, burn it, haul in the water. I don't have to do it just in seconds. Technology is great. I love it. It creates a lot of margin. And so, you know, we have this thing called you know, the Industrial Revolution and it's created a lot of margin. And we have this thing called the 40 to 45-hour work week, Right? where, you know, we work, you know, eight, nine hours a day, and then in the evenings are free. And then some of us, not all of us, some of us actually work in places where, where you, you, you know, you work five days, but then you have two free days every week. Two free. And some of us work in places where, you know, there are like federally designated holidays that the business is closed. So you, you, you're, you Saturday and, and then Sunday and then Monday. You know, and, and it's just phenomenal. And then, and then, uh, and then some, you know, uh, work, you know, you work might be four 12-hour shifts one week or three 12 hours the next. I mean, you have three or four extra days. And then if you're really fortunate, you know, if, if you're like me, you just work one day a week. And it's, you know, it's a great job if you can get it, as many of you tell me. And uh, I respond by, <laughs> and then get on. But, you know. And then some of us work in places where we work in companies where, I mean, this is phenomenal. The employer says, I'm going to pay you not to work. That is, that is to say, I mean, I'm going to pay you, but don't come into work. Like two weeks out of the year, I'm going to pay you, but don't work. You get paid, but you don't have to work. And some of them get three weeks or four weeks or two months. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's rich. I mean, that is rich. And so the question then is, well, okay, what, what do you do with all of that margin? Well, there's plenty of options because rich people have options. They have options that the poor don't have. What are we going to do? Well, let's go to a movie. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go to a destination, okay? 
Let's go to a place and let's spend a week there. And, 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 and you think back and you, you, know, you look back over the year or five years and you have all of these different options that you have because you're rich with the margin of time that you've been given because you're rich. And so, and so but then what happens? You come back to work and some of us need vacations from our vacations. And, but we go back to work and someone says to us, well, how was your trip? Oh, I was okay. Okay. How was dinner? Oh, I was all right. You know, so well, how was that move? Yeah, it's fine. Will you, will you think you'll go back? Nah, eh. Been there, done that. It's okay. So, oh, all right. Wow. And we look back and, you know, for, for some of us, I mean, it's, it's just a series of, you know, eh, okay. Hmm, no big deal. Been there, done that. Eh, 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 you know, and and then we are posed with a serving opportunity and it's just where we find all the time. And Paul says, now let's just think about this for a minute. <laughs> he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. I want you to be rich in good deeds as only rich people can be rich in good deeds. See, I want you to think like a rich person because you are. You are. You've been blessed. You've got the margin. Okay? Let's think about this the way a rich person would. Well, how would a rich person do that? Oh, you know. You know. You go to your dentist. You just pop in on your dentist. You set an appointment. That's what you've got to do. You've got to make plans ahead of time. And you realize if you're going to do ministry, if you can be rich in good deeds as only a rich person can, what you've got to do is you've got to pre-plan your ministry opportunities. You've got to make an appointment and then you've got to keep an appointment regarding ministry activities. You've got to pre-decide. You've got to get out the calendar and you've got to say, I'm going to sit down with my calendar and over the next year, I'm going to, with the margin that God has given me, not all of it, not all of it, but I'm going to take some of this margin and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to distribute from the margin that God has put in my life because he's blessed me and because I'm a rich person. I'm going to apportion that out for specific, strategic, serving opportunities. That's how rich people do it, church family. That's how the rich do it. And so, you know, at the bolting house, it's taken different forms over the seasons of our lives. And so when the boys were in elementary school, it meant making the weekly trip to Westview for tutoring and, and, and one-on-ones with students in their classrooms. And, and then in another season of our lives, it meant... Uh, uh, being privileged to be uh, serving with uh, the fire department. They have a volunteer organization called the Emergency Services Support Team. The firefighters are taking care of your burning home, but they don't have time to take care of you. And so every other month, there would be a period where I would be one of 25. would be on call in case there was an emergency. And so that's a season. Uh, oh, we, 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 we planned to head over the seasons of our life. One year, you know, Sarah went to Mexico. Another year, I went to Mexico uh, uh, to build homes. One year, uh, 
went to Nepal, uh, one year uh, went to uh, the Ukraine, but specific strategic seasons of our life. You meet in a small group. So your small group gets together and you say, okay, we're gonna plan this quarter. We're not gonna study on this night. We're gonna serve at Salt and Light or we're gonna serve at this other ministry. We're gonna make a strategic strategic appointment. We're gonna keep that appointment or, or our men's ministry last fall. Uh, they met on a Saturday morning and sometimes there are uh, uh, breakfasts as there were yesterday morning. Other times there are serving opportunities. And so uh, last fall, our men's ministry gathered and uh, they did yard work for the widows in our church. Specific strategic ministry opportunities. Uh, our particular small group, a couple of times a year, uh, we gather over there in the kitchen and uh, we bake cookies for the cookie call ministry here. If you are a new, a first-time visitor here, a guest at Windsor Road and you're local and, and you don't mind if we follow up, then we, uh, the next week we want to deliver a plate of cookies and say thank you for coming. Those cookies don't make themselves. So our small group comes and, and uh, we've kind of got it down to an assembly line fashion. And so uh, someone uh, you know, puts the dough on the pan and then they, someone else puts it in the oven. I'm here at the end of the line here. I'm in charge of quality assurance. And um, <laughs> hey, you're welcome. You know, I'm here to help. I'm a giver. That's the way it is. But anyway, so I mean, but specific times, specific times. What are you laughing at? <laughs> My wife. <laughs> but specific serving opportunities. And and here's the deal, and you know, those of you who have been to missions trips or you've been to Salt and Light or serving, you know that whereas on some of your vacations and dinners and movies, you come back with a, eh, it's okay, eh, very rarely, very rarely have I ever heard of someone return from a missions trip or a serving experience here in our town with a, eh, it's okay. <laughs> no, typically what happens, you come back and you, you, you experience what it's like for God to use you in a serving opportunity. And, you know, like we serve at a place locally or we go to, I go to, I'm thinking of when I was privileged to go to Nepal and I was the guest in the home of a pastor whose home is the size of my office. And he greeted me and he just was so honored that I was there and I was so humbled because I have so much. And we walk away from those serving experiences filled. Because you see, we pre-planned. We made a decision ahead of time, this is what we're gonna do with the margin that God has given us because we're rich. We're rich. Would you please consider doing that, either individually or as a marriage or as a small group? Make a ministry appointment and then keep that appointment. See, if we don't do that, what happens? Well, here's what happens. Here's what happens. You know, you come to our home. We try to treat you good. Okay, that's how Okies say it. Try to treat you good. You come to our home, be our guest, 
and we're going to feed you new food. It's going to be new food. Come newcomers, dessert next week, those of you who signed up. We're not going to feed you last Tuesday's cake. We're actually going to make a new cake for you all. Okay? Because we want you to feel welcome. And we're going to have good dishes, good plates. Then after you leave, what are we going to do with that food? Huh? We're going to put it in this stuff right here. These plastic, plastic in there, we'll stick them in the refrigerator. And the next day, what are, what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to, family's going to have this. What's this called? Leftovers. That's right. And who's going to eat the leftovers? Brandon is going to eat the leftovers. <laughs> He's going to eat the left. No, we're going to eat the leftovers. We eat the leftovers, okay? We eat the leftovers. Because you see, people, leftover serving is not generous serving. Rich people don't serve leftovers. They serve, they serve new stuff, okay? So that's what it means to be rich, to command those who are rich in this world to do good, to be rich in good deeds. And, church family, what's true about serving is also true about giving, because Paul says in verse 18, to be generous and willing to share. I like the way the English Standard Version translates it better. I think it's more accurate. To be generous and ready to share. See, there's a difference between being willing to share and being ready to share. And the verse literally reads, to be ready. And what that means is, is that about every six months or every year, you sit down with your budget and you're going to pre-plan you're giving. You're going to decide ahead of time. You're going to make an appointment with the treasure that God has put in your life to apportion that out for his work. And I really think that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, when he said, now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Pre-deciding, pre-determining what I'm going to say yes to in terms of God's work and you might ask, well, what's the, what's the number that I should start with? The biblical beginning percentage is 10%. The tithe. Where God says, I want you to test me in this. You give me the first 10% of the treasure that I've put, and you just watch me. It's the only verse where God says, test me in this. You test me and you see if I won't bless. You see if I won't bless the 90% that, that remains because it's all mine anyway versus 100% without my involvement. I will supernaturally be involved in your life if you will just test me in this. And I had such a delightful conversation with a family in our church just this past week who sat across the desk and said, Randy, we have tested God in this. And we're not going back. 
We just had to make a decision. Is, is God's word true or is it not? And as a result, our love for one another, we've grown. Our love for God has grown and our love for God's people has grown. And that is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's what Randy Alcorn calls the law of vested interest. The law of vested interest says that my heart always goes where I put God's money. And whatever we invest in, that's what we care about because where your money goes, interest follows. And the good news is you can make a decision about where you put your heart. You can put your heart wherever you want to. And so Alcorn writes, don't wait to take action till your heart's in it. Take action so your heart will be in it. Don't let your giving follow your heart. Give so your heart will follow your giving. Ask yourself, if I, you know, if I were the person God wants me to be, what would I do with God's time and God's money? Do it. And then watch God transform your heart. But you've got to test God in this. It's between you and God. And that's why I've got a little homework assignment for you today. Last week, we shared the title of transfer card, that everything we have belongs to God. That's what 1 Timothy 6, 17 says. This week, it's a stewardship covenant with God where I submit to the Lord. I affirm his ownership of every aspect in my life. I declare my money and possessions and time to be really his. And as a symbol of my total submission, I set aside the tithe, the first 10% of everything, as holy and belonging to him. I return to him the whole tithe, being careful not to rob him or incur his curse. I give back to him through his church, the first fruits of all he's provided. And I do this in obedience to him. By faith, I take God up on the Malachi 3.10 challenge. Test me in this. I want him to show me that it's far better to live on 90% with his blessing than 100% without. And then it says, I commit myself to get out and stay out of financial bondage, which you will learn about that if you take Financial Peace University. Recognizing that I can't take earthly treasure from this world, I lay it up into God's hands as heavenly treasure. We'll talk about that next week. And then I pray that God will teach me to give sacrificially, to feed the hungry, reach the lost, invest my life in worthy causes, commit to the strategic use of my time so that I can serve God by meeting needs with love. I'll look for places and pre-plan. You take that card and you sign it and you have a witness sign it, your spouse, someone in your small group, and then you take this card and you take it home with you. Don't leave it here because it's between you and God. And, and if you don't trust this church, don't give. There's plenty of ministries, plenty of ministries that I've just shared that are, that are worthy works of God. But you should know that your ministers and your elders, now I don't know who gives what at this church. I, just, I know that the ministers and elders give 10% their first 10% through this church, as good leaders ought to, okay? 
But beyond that, I don't know who gives what to this church, and I don't sign checks here, okay? But you give where you trust, and, uh, and you take this with you, and you test God in this, okay? You see, the point I'm trying to make, church family, is simply this. God has blessed us with more. And why? To serve more and share more. That's why. God has blessed me with more so that I can serve more and share more. And first fruits giving is testing God. And if we don't pre-plan, then we end up with leftover giving. And God is not honored with leftover giving. He's blessed me with more so that I can serve more and share more. You know, about every day here at Windsor, a courier comes. Sometimes it's from the post office, sometimes from FedEx, sometimes it's from UPS. And they come, and you know, I see that quote, you know, what can Brown do for you? And what if that courier came in and left the box on the truck and just came in to jaw? How you doing? Good to see you. What's going on? Well, we're fine. What about the box? Well, it's in the truck. I'm going to hang on to it front. Well, why, why are you doing that? I've got a sermon series to prepare for. Okay? I mean, I need help here. All right? need help here. Heard about the preacher who was going to be original or nothing, and he was both. I need help. Okay? Where's the box? That's on the truck. Well, go get it. No, I'm going to keep it. Wait a minute. That's not your job. Your job is not to keep the box. Your job is to deliver the box to its intended recipients. Now, our motto is not, what can Brown do for you? Our motto is, what can Windsor Road do for this community? And to accomplish that, God has put the stuff in our lives. He's blessed us with more so that we can serve more and share more. Just because he's put time and money in our banks doesn't mean he wants us to keep it. We're to serve more and share more because he's given more. Because if people are going to see Jesus Christ in our community, look around. Who are we? We're his body. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to be faithful stewards of the holy treasures that you have put into our lives. Thank you so much for prospering us. You've blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And now you use us. We want to be faithful to the glory of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.